Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Um... Listen, let's get to it. We have so much to get into, so we're not going to waste any time. We're going to go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Fredo Cervantes. Fredo, how are you? I'm doing good. It's a good morning here today in Los Angeles. How are you doing today, Arash? It is. And like we said, you know, depending on where you are, you, you, it could be night, it could be afternoon, it could be morning, but we're uh, happy to be on in Los Angeles, Vegas, Hawaii. So, Fredo, big USC game week, finally. They, they, they had the bye week. Yesterday, I'm sorry, they had the bye week last week. Um, they won the first three games at home in blowout fashion. Now they get into the Pac-12 uh, conference play again. I know they played Stanford, but that wasn't a close game. So they go on the road to Tempe to play the uh, Sun Devils. Let's talk about that first. But, of course, as you know, the game that everyone wants to talk about is the following week against Colorado. So first yes. up, your thoughts on USC now going into games where – they're not going to be favored by like 28 points. Yeah, you know, th this game right here against the Sunday was going to be a very interesting one. Of course, this is the first road game of the season for this team. And they have plenty of time to get prepared uh, to get to get over there. And, you know, right now, yeah, you mentioned, you know, the, the spread advantage that they've been having for the past few games. In this game, they're entering as a 33 point and a half. Oh, they uh, are. Okay, for so this, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. So, you know, it's always been 28, 30, and then the yeah. highest one, I believe, it was against uh, Nevada, and that was at 38 and a half, I believe it was. Okay. And, you know, they've covered in two out of their three games. The first game, they were not able to cover. Um, San Jose State was able to cover the, on their own there. But I know this game right here against the Sun Devils, I think they will. I think they will kind of surpass because the Sun Devils defense right now, it's, it's not the best right now. And the Sun Devils are kind of ranked at the bottom of the Pac-12 right now. So USC has an advantage right now to kind of play with certain plays, you know, make those plays that they wouldn't normally uh, do at, in certain games to prepare for the following game, which is that Colorado game that, you know, we kind of want to just move forward past this weekend and head on over to that September 30th game. But it's definitely, definitely going to be um, an interesting game uh, for USC this weekend. Your thoughts on the kickoff time for that game? Again, we get it with the big noon kickoff show that Fox does. Um, at least, thankfully, if you know it's it's ten a.m., but it is a nine a.m. Pacific game. USC is kicked off that early one time. It was during the COVID season with no fans. But you know, to play a game of this magnitude at nine o'clock in the morning Pacific time, your thoughts on that? Do you think that will um, have an effect on the players? No, I certainly do. I don't know to what um, 
point it's going to affect them, but I know it definitely will, you know, it, and it happens to everybody, you know, there's a lot of, you know, right here, especially uh, for the NBA in Los Angeles, at times there's a lot of those 1230 games uh, tipping off on Sunday afternoons that certain players don't like coming off a Friday night game or coming off um, into a Sunday afternoon. And as well for football, there's certain times that football teams, uh, 10 a.m. games are usually not the best for a lot of teams and they like playing better at one o'clock games because they get to actually go to their actual routine they go through so it's all about the routine for a lot of these players and for the usc players going from a 9 uh, 9 a.m game i know they will be mentally prepared uh physically that would be the problem right there yeah i, I mean what what do you think that usc has to work on prior to that game i mean is again it, when you've played teams and you've won by 28 or more points and you scored 56 or more points i mean what is the biggest thing they need to improve upon Right now, it has to be with the corners. I, I think the problem on the defense, even though, yes, the offense, it just seems like everything is clicking for this offense right now. So there's kind of much where there's not much tape you can see on this offense right now. You know, normally when, you know, in the offense, if you're making mistakes, they're not turning over the ball. Uh, Caleb Williams is, is taking care of the ball and distributing to all his players. So, the offense is not a problem on the defensive side of the ball. That's something that uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch has really just tried to emphasize a lot on. He's like, hey, you know, we got to we got to take down the players as soon as they catch the ball. Don't give them those extra yardage. Uh, trust the backfield. Always make sure that you you trust your teammates and know where everyone's going to be at so that we don't make certain mistakes. And a lot of these mistakes um, that keep happening are kind of the same ones for this uh defense for for USC right now but I think you just the defense a little bit needs to clean up besides that I mean you're looking at blowouts every single game uh the defense is getting better every single game so I'm surprised and I'm, I'm wondering right now what this defense is really going to look like with the team like the Sun Devils so with this game going on the road I mean I, I think that's going to be big for them to have one road game before they go to Colorado again as we mentioned before first three games at the Coliseum blowout fashion now again this game in tempe may be a blowout too but i do like the fact that they do go on the road to get a road game again it's going to be a hostile environment in tempe i think with usc you're always going to get the best you're going to get the best from the players you can get the best from the coaches and you're going to get the best from the fans do you think it helps them to at least have one road game before they go to the road again to play coach prime no, of course, it's definitely going to help them out. And that environment down there is going to be crazy, especially, you know, when you get a Saturday night game, prime time again on Fox. And, you know, everyone wakes up for these types of games, especially when the road team is a team like USC. I mean, it's a whole different type of environment out there. And it's definitely going to prepare them because the Colorado fans over the last two games they played out there in their in their home field they've been wild i mean there's uh from stars it it, it kind of looks like there's a star in every single game there you're looking at athletes rappers it's like the usc back in the early 2000s you had all these guys on the sidelines and that's how it looks right now uh for prime time out there everyone is that's the hottest spot right now in america it seems like for college football but that next game is just something that we kind of want to fast forward to and kind of see what the outcome is going to look like 
you know what? I mean, it was just hilarious to, uh, not, not hilarious. It, w- it was incredible to watch the number of people who came out, whether it was The Rock, whether it was Kawhi Leonard. Right. Uh, you know, so it, it, it was an amazing atmosphere. I, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when USC comes to town, Caleb Williams. Uh, that's going to be that. Nice. And by the way, like, we will really get to see, like, over those next two weeks, this, uh, this Saturday and next Saturday, how good Colorado is. And when I say that, it's not to say that they're not a top 25 team, but if this team finds a way to win one, and certainly both, uh, against the Ducks and against the Trojans, now we're talking about a championship contender. So we'll find out over these next two weeks how good they can be. Wanted to put a bow on the spark season. You were there this entire year. Um, again, as you wrote in the Sporting Tribune, a lot of questions in terms of who's going to come back. Neka Gumike has the ability to leave. Um, your thoughts on this season? Was there a silver lining in the t- in terms of having a new coach and a new GM in place? And, and your thoughts on what they have to do this um, off season as they try to get back to the postseason. Yeah, you know that's definitely interesting uh, thing right there. When you look at what they can do uh, to try to make an next season an interesting season. When you look at the rookie of Zaya Cook, I mean Neko Gumiki was able to say like, "Hey, Zaya is the future of this team. Zaya is going to carry this franchise." And I don't know if that was a message saying like, "Hey." I'm leaving Los Angeles or something like that around those lines because, you know, she also mentioned that, hey, she's going to keep her options open. She's going to see what there is out there. Um, But she really didn't want to talk about that too much. She said it's a little too early. But in another case, like Jordan Canada, if if the Sparks can do something to maintain Jordan Canada here in Los Angeles, that is a huge piece because she was like more of the leader down there on the court. You know, of course, when you look at a point guard, the point guard is always the leader out on the court. And even a uh, coach, Kurt Miller emphasized a lot all season long. He's like me and, and um, Jordan, we meet every single game. We sit down and we just study the game and we get our game plan together because she's like, if my point guard does not know what I want out there, it's going to be a mess out there. So he's always talked about how important Jordan Canada has been to this team. And as well, you look at the other pieces, Shanae Ogumike, she's also has the opportunity, whether she wants to chase uh, and be on TV. As- oh, we lost Fredo. Fredo, uh, we lost you there for a second. I think we're about to get Fredo back. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah I'm here. We Can got you. Hear me? you. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got you. Yeah. So about Shanae Ogumike as well, you know, how she's going to be able to maybe uh, pursue her after basketball career and be on television as a sports analyst, which she does an amazing job with that. But she's still an also a pretty key defender for the Sparks because when Shanae was in the lineup this season, she was able to help out in the interior with Azure Stevens and Dierica Hamby and even her sister, Neko Ogumike. So as long as the Sparks can maintain those pieces, they will build off this first year because this first year was one of the ugliest seasons in WNBA history for uh, for the way the roster was organized throughout the year because, yeah, the, the role of you can't 
you you can't share this uh, roster spots, which is yeah. an issue. That's something that that definitely needs to get cleaned up. But when at times they only has six active players, how I, I don't think I've ever seen this even in the NBA because it's not possible. But how is it possible just to have six, seven active players at times? And at times there were your you know no disrespect, but you know Echo could be out, other players were out, and you had the bottom of the roster playing out. So and you know that's the most difficult part that the had to deal with but i think next season they won't have to deal with that i think it's going to be a lot smoother next season as long as they can maintain a good roster and build off of zyle cook where she can maybe gain from those 15 minutes she was getting maybe she can start getting about 25 28 minutes which you know you'll be able to see a lot more out there because when she was in south carolina she was amazing. She was a leader out there. I mean, there's a reason why they went 36 and zero out there. So she was, she's a very key player for the Sparks moving forward. I, I want to get your thoughts on the postseason now. Again, Las Vegas advances to the semifinals. I think a lot of people think it's a collision course, as we kind of thought before the season with the two super teams. Yeah. Vegas to New York. Uh, is that the way you see it? And if that does happen, who do you like in the WNBA finals? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, of, of course, you see the Las Vegas Aces missing Candace Parker was huge for them, yeah. um, even though it still doesn't seem like it's going to be a problem. But the, the later you get into the playoffs, the deeper you get into it, you definitely are going to see um, that, you know, Candace is a missing piece. But New York Liberty has been special all season long as well. So you got to give them some credit out there uh, for doing what they've done in over a year, because, you know, a year ago, um, they didn't have, you know, uh, Jock Jones. They didn't have um, Brianna Stewart. They didn't have certain players that now they're centerpieces of their success this season. But that's definitely going to be an interesting matchup to see what maybe Vegas and Liberty can do in the WNBA uh, playoffs right there. All right, let's switch gears to the uh, Chargers. Um, just a really frustrating season. Again, coming <laughs> off the Jacksonville playoff loss. Um, you know, two things that you kind of are are our soft spots or kind of sore topics for Chargers fans. And, and you kind of thought that it may have been cleared up is a defense and B really the ability to close out games in the fourth quarter when you, you have the lead again. So back to back games, defense did not play all that well. And they had the lead late, less than three minutes to go. The Chargers led, but could not close out. Fredo, your, your, your thoughts on what's happened so far through two games. Yeah, when you look at the third season of Brandon Staley, entering his third season right now, including the two losses right now, he's at 19 and 17 to start his Charger head coaching career. It's not the best. Yes, he is over 500. But when you look at how season number one ended in Las Vegas in overtime, then you look at the way season two ended in Jacksonville, and it seems like it's still carrying forward from January you know that loss in Jacksonville the loss on week one the loss now it seems like it's just mistakes after mistakes after mistakes that yes you can put the blames on the players but at the end of the day the coach is making the calls the coach has the ability to make the calls the way he wants it to go and right now honestly it seems like um, I was able to watch the press conference after the Tennessee loss, and it, he just seemed very, um, of course, not happy with the results and how everything's been. It seemed like he kind of snapped at some reporters out there where he's like, hey, uh, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. He's like, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And he also mentioned how, you know, the sense of the locker room, um, I believe, you know, uh, 
Jeff Miller, who reports for the Chargers for the LA Times, he yeah. he mentioned he was like he asked them, it's like, hey, um, how's the mood in the locker room? He's like, you know what, you you want to know how the mood in the locker room is? He's like, how do you think it is? Yeah. So he was just kind of giving everyone that response and. You know, I don't know if they go into Minnesota right now, which is this upcoming Sunday, if they go into Minnesota and they walk away with another loss. I mean, I, I, I do not. I have never seen the Chargers fire their coach in the middle of the season like this and make a big move. But now they're in Los Angeles is different pressure than being in San Diego. So I feel like the fan base is, you know, you see Twitter out there, how Charger fans aren't happy about the first two losses, even though you look at it, there's 15 more games to play into the regular season. Yeah. There's a lot of football to go through, but you cannot have a start like this after the way the last two seasons have ended for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's the feeling that I get talking to other people around the team that like it would have to be a catastrophic start to the season, like go and five or oh and six or something for them to make a coaching change again like, like you said historically speaking the spanos family does not do that not saying that staley will survive a season if the chargers don't make the playoffs i, I don't think that's that's the case but uh, yeah the feeling i get is unless they really the wheels have come, come off this uh this train here that they're not going to fire him during the, the season the one reason why they may look to make a move however is the hiring of kellen moore if things progress in this fashion again you know the, the problem that i have when you promote a coach is like well he probably has just as much to do however if the offense is playing well and it's the defense that that continues to to struggle your thoughts on kellen moore because kellen moore when he was with the cowboys at one point was thought of as a future head coach. Your thoughts on um, if things don't progress, Kellen Moore taking the the uh, job? Yeah, no, you said it plain and clear right there. I mean, it is a perfect situation. Not saying that it's a perfect situation to fire Staley, but when you do get rid of a coach, the question is always, well, who are we going to replace him with? Yeah. And Kellen Moore is a perfect guy who is already in the team. Maybe you give him a few more incentives. Maybe you give him a little bit of a push on his money, uh, keep him happy and become the head coach. But Kellen Moore has the mindset of, the he knows how to control the offense. Whether I know if he can control the defense, of course, it, that is now his job to go go ahead and hire a defensive coordinator. But the way the offense has been going through the first two games has been looking good. So the offense is pretty much not the problem. Yes, maybe in both games you had situations like in this overtime situation, Justin Herbert threw three incomplete pass uh, incomplete passes, and that that was it right there. So it's like okay, you know, and you look at week one. You look at that drive in the fourth quarter. Also, you know, just a very bad drive too close to the game. Couldn't really move the ball anywhere. Who does that land on? Is it on Kellen Moore or was it on Brandon Staley? Um, but overall, the offense has been able to put about, I mean, you look at about 64 points. I believe they put up a combined, which is not bad, uh, which I believe it's been the worst for, I, I think I, if I can get this correct, it was the, the Chargers were the first team ever uh, to be 0-2, score over 50 points on the offense and allow zero turnovers. Mm. So that is just kind of crazy to really look at that and be like, okay, well, like what's really the problem? And the defense is a problem. The defense is the problem. I don't know if it's maybe 
Khalil Mack was really pissed off after the game. He was like, I'm pissed. He was like, these are games that we should be able to win. Joey Bosa had an explosive game uh, in Tennessee. He was able to get after the quarterback. So it's like Derwin James, bad call right there. I don't know if that was really um, a good call when the when they uh, flagged them up for the late hit, I believe it was on one of the guys, and which he was really just going after the ball and just little mistakes like that on the defensive end. And hopefully they can play penalty free because when you any team that plays penalty free, you really get an advantage uh, on the offensive end and on the defensive end of the ball. Real quick, final question. What's the sense you get from Chargers fans? Again, I mean, I, I think they've been very loyal to the team. Um, but, man, what, what, what's the frustration from the Chargers fans that you've talked to and seen on, uh, on social? Yeah, so, you know, when I would go ahead and talk to it was funny because the first message I received was from a season ticket holder on on Sunday afternoon. I posted something on Twitter and right away they were like, hey, man, we need to fire Brandon Staley. It seems like a lot of Charger fans right now are just not happy with Brandon Staley, but you can look at hopefully he makes adjustments it seems like the pressure just lands on brandon staley everyone even you look at social media you look on television you look at everyone else talking about the situation it seems like charger fans are not happy because they know they can win with this roster when i can understand it we're talking about a different type of roster but when we look at a roster with khalil mack joey bosa derwin james rashawn slater's back into the lineup even though austin eckler did not play joshua kelly stepped into the role was able to go ahead and pick up some yards justin herbert has kind of you know he can be a little better on his decision making but overall the egg, it goes to the head coach. So I really hope that Brandon Staley can do some impressive things on Sunday afternoon in Minnesota because if he doesn't, <laughs> I still hope he has a plane ticket back to Los Angeles. <laughs> I feel you there. Awesome. Fredo, you're the best. We'll catch up with you again next week. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Lauren Jones of the Sporting Tribune when we come back right here on the Mighty 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Lauren Jones. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing well, Ross. So happy that football is just in full swing and 
Really excited to talk to you today. Oh, it was uh, great to see you at the Rams in 49ers game. Did a great post-game recap with Claudia. Can't wait to see that as the season progresses. Uh, Listen, I I don't think the Rams came into the season with a lot of expectations. In fact, there were some fans who hoped that the team would tank and draft Caleb Williams number one overall. But, Lord, I mean, they, they, did they go into Seattle and beat a team that I think will be pretty good this year? Did they, they beat the Seahawks. They had a lead against San Francisco in the first half, and they lose by one touchdown. Again, we're, we're talking about a Rams team that has now lost nine straight regular season games to San Francisco. So that, that means when they went to the Super Bowl and won, they lost to them twice during the regular yeah. season. So no, no shame there. Your thoughts on this team two games through the season? You know, Arash, I I think it's exactly as you mentioned, that nobody really had expectations for this team um, to be competitive this season, especially with it being such a young team. And I think we talked about it last week as well. Um, But the grit and just the sheer competitiveness of the locker room, it seems to just really bode well and exude well. It seems like uh, the camaraderie amongst the guys makes it, like they want to compete and and be, um, you know, competitive. Uh, this is not a team in which you see, you know, like overt tanking, right? Like, um, and of course, I'm sure for Rams fans, you know, the idea would be to draft uh, Caleb Williams, but um, kudos to Matthew Stafford and what he's been able to do through two games um, to see what Puka Nakua has been able to do uh, as a rookie and stepping in in such to big shoes to fill in the absence of Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams getting his first NFL start, uh, being with the team, but you know, learning the day before that he was going to get the start. I think it's just uh, really interesting to see how competitive on both sides of the ball, you know, this young team has been able to be through two games. What has been the vibe again, post game, you're in the locker room talking to the uh, players again, you know, you don't want to lose, but this was one of those losses where, uh, and again, perhaps it's because of they did have a ton of expectations, but the way that they played, the way that they um, handled themselves in the first half, what was yes. the what what was the mood like post game? You know, it was an encouraged mood. It seemed like uh, despite the loss, they overperformed even their expectations in in terms of uh, you know their sheer willingness to um, compete on again both sides of the ball. It seemed like the guys, uh, especially in the leaders of the locker room, when we talked to Aaron Donald after the game, he mentioned that there's a lot of things that he's encouraged by. Obviously he said that he had to, you know, rewatch the tape to see where those margins of error can be eliminated for them to be able to pull off those kinds of upsets. Uh, especially being that there was this like sea of red in the uh, SoFi stadium on Sunday was not, it was a very 49ers heavy oh, yeah. uh, stadium. And so that doesn't add to the, you know, um, uh, I guess like the morale for the team, in my opinion. But despite that, uh, it seems like the players are really um, taking their opportunities seriously for some of them. Um, like we spoke with uh, Christian Noteboom yesterday and he said, you know, I was an undrafted player and for me to have, you know, two consecutive starts after four years with the team, this is, you know, something that I'm taking seriously. And so 
for a lot of these guys, you know, being young and wanting to have a steadfast and um, long career in this league, I think that they are really taking the um, the opportunity seriously to get out there and compete. Yeah. Lauren, it's so great to have you on. Um, this is V.A. Wiley. Um, I wanted to ask you about Monday Night Football and the Rams competing um, in a primetime situation against Cincinnati, who currently is 0-2, and I don't think anybody expected them to be 0-2. Um, what do you see as far as their expectations um, for Monday night? Well, uh, it seems that, you know, the Rams have been very focused on taking, obviously, it game by game. But this is a rematch of Super Bowl, um, you know, 51. And so I think that there's a lot of um, just pride that the Rams have and both teams, I'm sure, have in, in you know, that primetime spot and position. Uh I think that this is going to be an interesting game because while the Rams and many's opinion have overperformed through two games, obviously Joe Burrow and Cincinnati are and have been one of the best teams in the league um, for the last few seasons. And so for them to have an 0-2 start, I think that the, the primetime spot will be a good test for both teams. Uh, and, and we'll, I think, get to see more of what the Rams have in terms of gelling um you know, especially because they're still kind of parceling out the starters and, and making sure, like in Kyron Williams, see him getting his first NFL start, knowing that Cam Akers now confirmed that he won't be returning to the starting lineup. Those kinds of adjustments that the Rams are making and fine-tuning, I think uh, it will be on display for Monday night, and they'll have some time to kind of rebound from the loss against the 49ers and prepare before they travel to Cincinnati. Lauren, what, I mean, again, this has happened for a few years now. So, I mean, and again, this happened in Vegas where San Francisco fans travel well or they have a ton of fans in those local markets. Yes. I, I, I think it's important to note, as you know, we didn't have a team in Los Angeles for 20, 21 years. So, you know, I, I excuse fans who uh, are Los Angeles sports fans, but their pro football team is somewhere else. Because, again, when you grow up with, you know, cheering for the Packers or the Steelers or San Francisco right. or the Cowboys. That, that's your team. That being said, what is that like? I, I think there was a lot of people who thought post-Super Bowl victory, things would have changed. That was as much red as I think I've seen in quite some time. Um, did anyone talk about that? And what's like the general feel? Like, again, at some point, it's not going to be like this, but it right. doesn't change overnight. Yeah, you know, Arash, as you mentioned, it, it is it is not something that Los Angeles fans have really had a, much of a choice, uh, especially in my, you know, growing up adulthood through adulthood, it was USC football, UCLA football, um, you know, and then to have two teams at one time come to the city, um, you know, after not having uh, the Rams uh, play for those 21 years and not having the Raiders. I mean, there's just, there's really they were left with no choice and so yeah. there's a whole two generations i'd say of fans that you know because of their parents or whatever have you have been fans of other teams for so long and so like you mentioned um the success of the team having two super bowl appearances since moving to um you know los angeles and winning a super bowl i think 
you would think it's going to be a changing of the guards, but um, as you know, Los Angeles fans can be somewhat fair weather. Yeah. And so I think, you know, a few years ago when there was a more star-studded uh, roster in the Rams, um, you know, the recognizable names that the team had, you know, kind of grown there was a lot more Rams fans and now we're kind of seeing it kind of dwindle back down. And uh, a lot of, even with the Chargers, I think the same thing. I, I drove past SoFi uh, when the Chargers were playing the Dolphins and there was a sea of, you know, Miami Dolphins uh, jerseys that I saw. I don't think I saw one Chargers jersey. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but Obviously, SoFi is a lively place. I think the Rams are now in this kind of in-between phase of, okay, post-Super Bowl, how are we rebuilding, um, setting expectations. But as you continue to win, that's what Los Angeles responds to is championships and Super Bowls and winning. And so perhaps there there is you know, a future for the Rams to continue to grow. Um, they're already pretty vibrant um, fan base. Lauren, uh, the, the other big uh, football team in Los Angeles, again, USC has a bye week and had a bye week last week, going on the road for the first road game of the season to Tempe. Still favored big. Again, this will be probably, uh, if things go the way that we uh, hope, uh, the fourth, fourth straight blowout. Um, mm-hmm. However, they get the big game. Again, it's Coach Prime, Colorado, not this Saturday, the following Saturday. But, Lauren, first, yes. wanted to get your thoughts. Again, big noon kickoff is a big thing for Fox. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs. But a 9 a.m. Pacific kickoff, your thoughts on that? Oh, Arash, it doesn't matter if it was 6 a.m., okay? <laughs> People would be lined up, <laughs> camping out, tents, you know, ready to go. I think that this is likely one of the biggest games, NFL or yeah. college. Um, this season and you know it's been so great to see uh, just the the changing of the guards for the last year of what is going to be known as the Pac-12 as we know it you know I mean they're going out with a bang I mean Colorado has made such a splash you know obviously the Colorado Colorado versus Colorado State game had I believe it was 9.3 million viewers Um, and I expect for USC to far surpass that even, you know, just because of the fanfare and because of the, um, just the greatness of both of these teams uh, in different positions, right? I mean, so I, I really do expect for it to be, I mean, an incredible game. I'm still looking forward to it. I couldn't afford a ticket because uh, apparently it's a, on average a thousand dollars, Arash. It's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Describe again. We we know what the like atmosphere would have been like in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you remember, you know, back in the day with with Pete Carroll, you'd have Snoop Dogg, Will Will Ferrell. It was amazing, mm-hmm. Lauren, uh, that a Colorado Colorado State game that kicked off past seven p.m. Um, right. you look and it's, and it's Louise and it's, <laughs> and it's, um, offset. It's the rock. It's Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't even come to some Clippers games. I mean, <laughs> it was an incredible turnout. I mean, describe what Colorado has become. I mean, they are the hottest program, I think, in college football right now. 
Absolutely. I think, you know, Deion Sanders is such a trendsetter in so many ways. And we see what he was able to do at Jackson State. But to see him translate that so quickly uh, in Colorado, I think, you know, people believe in and uh, for good reason what he's been doing uh, with this program. And, you know, for the college football game days to tune in and to see just the, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp getting off the PJ to go. I mean, it's just... (laughs) You know, it, it's really exciting. Um, but, of course, we're Trojans over here. And so That's right. we're rooting for USC. Any other game, hey, I'm rooting for Colorado. Go ahead, do your thing. But uh, when you play SC, yeah, let's fight on over here. That's right. So, um, yeah, I think it would be uh, nearly as crazy, if not more star-studded, if it was in the Coliseum, just given, you know, that LA just brings out all the stars. But for these you know, people to be showing up in such vast numbers and to show the support of the program. I mean, I think it's just great and encouraging for players. It's it's encouraging for the school and, you know, gives them something to look forward to for years to come um, as they transition as well um, from the Pac-12. So, yeah, really excited for that game. I've got it circled on my calendar and I will be up <laughs> at seven. There you <laughs> go. Old Trojan gear, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I applaud the fandom that you guys have and the loyalty because I don't think I'd be up that early to go and watch a football game. <laughs> as much as I love football. Now, if that was a Duke basketball game, exactly. I'm going to be yeah. up. It's totally different. But um, I applaud the, the loyalty. Um, and speaking <laughs> of non-loyalty, because we know LA is fair weather to a certain degree, the Chargers are now 0-2. <laughs> and it's just it's looking like the Chargers of old, right? Like the ones that we saw in San Diego. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just wondering your thoughts, Lauren, on and and you too, Arash, on you know the progression of this team. You know, wh- where where do we go from here? And I know it's only week two, and people like shouldn't freak out, or maybe they should. Lauren, let me go first because I I, I kind of want to loop in the Rams here, where I thought this was an amazing opportunity where, A, coming into the season, the mm-hmm. Rams were thought of as not a very good team, you know, tank for Caleb, whatever, while the Chargers on paper had one of the more talented teams. And I thought, yes. well, okay, so maybe this is the, the a Chargers chance where, uh, like, even when the Chargers were good, um, so the year that they go like they, they go twelve and four, I think that was the year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Last year, mm-hmm. the Rams obviously have a terrible season. The Chargers go to the playoffs. The way that they lost, you, it, it would have behooved them perhaps not to go. You know, when you have a twenty-seven <laughs> zero lead and you lose yeah. to Jacksonville. So now, Lauren, they um, come in with all this hype, and once again, it's not just that they lose, right? It's that they have a lead. Less than yes. three minutes to go, they mm-hmm. blow it, and it's sort of this clipper thing. It's this charger yeah. thing where it's like, "Arash, you read my mind." So, Lauren, I mean, how tough is this? I mean, how can they get past this? Honestly, Arash, I feel like there are certain franchises that, um, for some reason, and I don't know what it is, but they just have some kind of bad juju around yeah. them, and you know with. Austin Eckler sideline for last game, you know, I gave a little grace, but to see the, the like you mentioned, the fashion in which they've been uh, losing, it, it calls into question the coaching. Once again, although there has been recent changes with the coaching staff, yeah. I think that there might be, you know, should this play continue um, another change. Um, and so it's, it's unfortunate because they do have, you know, a, 
in my opinion, Justin Herbert is a very talented quarterback. Um, Austin Eckler is one of the, you know, stars of the league and came in swinging. Um, and they do have, you know, Keenan Allen, the vets, you know, uh, it, it's, I don't know what the disconnect is, Arash, but it just doesn't seem to work when it's really time for them to perform and to, you know, take that next step. And yeah. so um, the league is not going to get any easier. It's extremely competitive. The division that they're in, you know, they have an opportunity, uh, but it is early. And so we will see, but I don't know. <laughs> um but by the way, Jihei, I uh, was was driving by where the uh, Chargers' new practice facility would be, right down the street from us here in um, El Segundo. So I mean, at the very mm-hmm. least, we'll be able to watch them uh, practice. Perhaps we'll 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 see. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Just really um, could have been an opportunity for them again. We're o- only two games into the season. Uh, wanted to close out with this, Lauren. The Lakers again, uh, perhaps. Uh, Really had a perfect offseason. They signed Jared yeah. Vanderbilt to a long-term uh, contract. You 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 uh, include that with all the other moves that they made. Uh, as we go into the beginning of training camp at the beginning of next month, your thoughts on this team? I, I really like every move that they made. Yeah, you know, Arash, there have been times where I'm like, hmm. We could have done without that, or we needed no, to no. rock up at this position, or, oh, what are we going to do if somebody goes out or, you know, this is one of the most optimistic, uh, as, as a Laker fan, I think you can be going into the season um, with just seeing that they've shored up all of the little holes with the like role players and and um, I think uh, you know the players that can step up in the absence of the starters. I mean, they they just have such versatile guys who um, and 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 a great mix of you know vets along with you know young. Core, uh, even though we've seen in years past that the Lakers have, you know, invested in the stars in terms of Anthony Davis and LeBron, um, you know, to see Rui Hashimori and um, Austin Reeves and what he was able to do during uh, this offseason with USA Basketball and just, um, you know, all of the Christian Wood. I think that they have uh, one of the best rosters on paper. Uh, if you think about the pieces that they have, um, and we will see how that translates, but I do think also there, you can be really encouraged by, uh, from the sign of the trade deadline last year with Rob Palenka's moves, uh, to this point that this is a team that you know knows the expectations that's, you know, ahead of them in terms of, you know, the performance. And uh, there have been so many moves throughout the NBA and so many teams that have made, you know, interesting moves that we will see how they play out. But I I really do think that um, Lakers fans can be very encouraged uh, as we head into training camp. And, and, you know, obviously health is going to be one of the biggest things when it comes to Anthony Davis and one of the biggest question marks, I think, um, for this season. And, as you know, he can be somewhat fragile at times and stuff. Um, yeah. You just wrap him up in bow wrap until um, All-Star and, you know, make sure that we're, you know, but I think that the depth that they added even at that position yeah. is to help with, um, you know, the health of the team as well. So uh, it's, it's a lot to look forward to and it's going to be an exciting season all the way around. I'm so pumped for the season. It was really cool. I, I was at the team store the other day um, mm-hmm. and uh, to see a LeBron James jersey next to a Bronny James uh, Jr. jersey. Again, you hope wow. Bronny um, 
he'd come back at some point again, just happy that, that he's healthy, going to the yeah. football games and smiling. So just happy that he's back. Uh, but again, pumped up for uh, not only what USC can do, the Lakers can do. You'll be at the Dodgers this week. So we'll talk to you more about that when we have you back on. But that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.